thank you for the privilege of sharing your word tonight. I know you will speak to us. We're so grateful we come before the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand up, please. <laughs> Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54. No, sorry, 50 verse 4. <laughs> What's going on tonight? It's Angela's fault. <laughs> Okay, let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. So, amen. You cannot turn away from what you're going to hear tonight. You will be obedient. And you know, the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 1, uh, verse uh, 19, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. But until the Lord opens your ear, you will rebel. And you will turn away. And you will not be obedient. So the Lord has opened our ear and we will hear his word tonight. Tonight I want to speak on freedom from unbelief, doubt, and fear. I'm not sure if we can ever be free from that completely. <laughs> but you can be free. And we're going to be talking about how to be free from this. We're all plagued with this. Let me share this with you. You are at your best in life. You are at your best in life when God is able to work out His will in your life. You are at the best in your life when God is able. Notice I said, when God is able. There are times when He is not able. When God is able to work his will out in your life, you will be at your best. When God is able to do that, surely there will be nothing missing and nothing broken in your life. You know, the Bible tells us in Second uh, Peter verse 3, it says, God has given us all that pertains to life and godliness. God's already given. God's not going to give, according to the scriptures. God has already given us all things that pertain to life. That's what we need to make it on the earth. And godliness. That's what we need to make it spiritually so that we are in good relationship with our Father. He has already given so God is already given, and in second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse uh, 21, it says, All things are yours. All things are yours. Not all things are going to be yours. All things are already yours. And the Bible says, All things work together for good to those who love God and for those who are called according to His purpose. 
And that's the will of God for you and for me. All things belong to us. Everything, whether principalities, powers, life, death, Paul tells us in that particular chapter. Even ministers, pastors, evangelists, all those things God has given to you so that nothing will be missing and nothing broken in your life. You have everything. There's only one thing that stands in your way to receiving the best in life. It's called unbelief. That's the only thing that stands in the way. Nothing else stands in the way. Just unbelief. You see, Bible faith does not recognize impossibilities. I mean, Bible faith does not recognize impossibilities. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So when you have Bible faith, impossibilities disappear. Nothing in your life can be impossible. Otherwise, Jesus won't be telling us the truth. He can't lie. All things are possible to him who believes. But notice what he says. If you can believe. If you can believe. That's so believing is not up to God. Believing is up to us. If you can believe, that means there could be something standing in the way of your believing. And if you don't believe, then God's perfect will, that impossibility remains impossible. So right now, God has given us, he's put us in a place where nothing is impossible to us if we can just believe his word. So we have to be able to determine what is it? That is standing in my way of the best of God in my life. What is it that is stopping me from truly believing? What is standing in my way? How am I going to overcome this? Because Jesus said, if you can believe, not if God helps you to, if you can believe. So there's got to be something that's standing in my, the way of my believing. But if I can believe, then whatever has been impossible in my life becomes possible. I just have to know how to believe. What do I do to overcome this unbelief that's holding me back from God's best in my life? What is this? Why can't I believe? Whatever you're going through, if you've been held back, the reason for it is not because God doesn't want to give it to you. You have not come to the place where you have biblical faith for that thing. That's what's holding you back. God's not holding you back. He wants the best for you. He is giving, all, giving you all things that pertain to life and godliness. So what's holding me back is because I'm not able to believe this thing that God's already said in his word. So I got to find out what is it that's holding me back? What is this? What is this? If I have to pray, if I have to fast, whatever it takes. We're to come into those scriptures. Unbelief can hold the best from you. And it's God's will for you to have all things. The problem is I have to get away from get away from this unbelief. 
Because Jesus has made it clear. And you can see over and over again in the scriptures. He never said, my faith, because I'm the son of God, therefore you are healed. He says, your faith has made you whole. So I've got to find a way to get that faith, faith that gets me whole. That gives me all of God's will for my life. I've got to get there. There is a power to unbelief that denies us from everything that's good that God's made available to us. Unbelief has been robbing us from a lot of good things. And God says he has given us everything, how he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He's blessed us already. We are blessed. Blessed of God. Abraham was blessed of God. We got the same blessing of Abraham in our lives. No difference. We have a better covenant with God than Abraham and the people of the Old Testament had. So I've got to find out what's really going on here. How can I do impossible things? How can I make impossible things possible? That's what Jesus tells us. And many times what limits us is our mind. And the training and everything that we've believed in the past. And I see that all the time. You know, the meaning of the word unbelief means to separate thoroughly. That's from the Greek. To separate thoroughly and he has the idea of to oppose. To oppose. I mean, I've heard it many times here. Pastor Hadders don't believe that, that prosperity teaching. Have you heard that? They say, and they're very strong. They, you read the scripture, they come right back. It's like a story I heard. This pastor was in, in, inviting some preacher that they consider... Uh, some kind of preacher and this lady was in church not wanting to hear this preacher at all. Very mad that pastor had invited this preacher to church and she knew exactly where he was going and what he was going to be preaching about and she didn't like that. And uh, he got up to preach and he read the scripture and she stood up in the congregation we don't believe that in our church we don't believe that in our church and he said ma'am, ma'am, ma'am excuse me I just read the scriptures. I don't care what you read. I don't, we don't believe that in our church, she said. That's what's holding us back. That's what's holding us back. Matthew chapter 6, from 1 through 6. This scripture is so important. You got to, we have to really look at it. It's so important so we understand what's going on here. Many times you read scriptures, especially when you are in the gospel. Gospels, you have one story here, and there's a part here, and there's another part here. And sometimes we think maybe there are two different things going on, but they are one and the same, speaking from different angles, from the same story. Yeah, it says, then he went out from there and came to his own country. That means he came to Nazareth. 
where he was born. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? That such mighty works are performed by his hands. You know, if you do mighty works in God, you know what you need? Wisdom. What wisdom is this? Once your eyes are opened, that God will give us the spirit of revelation, of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Once your eyes are opened, nobody can hold you back. Because faith comes by hearing, that faith comes by revelation. And once you have faith, nothing stands in the way. But they said, what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hand? That means they are aware he's performing mighty signs. They knew that. That's, there was no dispute about that. They had heard about it. They knew it. You don't have to preach to them. They already knew what he was doing in the land. And, and give you this, the idea of this, you can go to Matthew chapter 4. Jesus had just come from the wilderness. Few, this was days after. He came from the wilderness and began to preach the gospel. And he went everywhere, healing everyone who was sick and diseased among the people. And people were coming from other countries, including Syria. They were coming to him and he was healing the multitude. So there was no secret about this. They had heard about it. When he showed up, they knew about it. And so they were questioning now, what, where did this man get these things? Wrong focus. Wrong focus. We're going to talk about unbelief and the reason for unbelief. Wrong focus here. They're not listening to him. They're not listening to his words. All they want to know is, where did he get these things? And how come these miracles are taking place in his life? That's not the thing to focus on now. You already know he does mighty works. The wrong focus will bring unbelief into your life and deny you of your miracle. That's what I'm saying. We'll talk more about that later. And then they started... Going into his life. Is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary? And brother of James. How many know James? The brother of James. Joseph. Judas. Judah. And Simon. They knew his family. What's this? How come he's doing this? And not his sisters here with us. And guess what? They were offended. You know the sign of unbelief? Two signs. Offense and fear. Offense and fear. If it's okay, you're okay, you're struggling, he'll be fear. 
If it's not, offense. And that offense is a sign of unbelief. And it will rob you of your blessings. That's not a good place to say amen. I wanted to say amen if you don't do that. (laughs) That's no good. It says, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and his own house. That's why I don't preach to my children very much. (laughs) They always tell me, Yes, uh, Daddy, but Pastor Preston said this. And when I'm Pastor Preston's pastor, what's your problem? (laughs) I don't care how tough you got. When you get home, relax. Nobody's going to listen to you. (laughs) No one's going to listen to you, so keep all your scriptures and all your verses to yourself, Okay. Until you get out. (laughs) It says, The prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. I believe this scripture so well, I just don't go there. (laughs) I mean, if you see me and my brothers, especially when I'm visiting, and even when they talk to me on the phone, it's funny, they will be quoting scriptures at me, and I'm saying nothing. And just listening to them. When they quote the wrong scripture, I would tell them, well, uh, Lawrence, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> I said, really? I said, yeah. He said, please don't say that anymore because it's not in the Bible. I'm sorry. So that's when I let them know, don't go there. The only time I can preach to them is when I'm preaching in the church and they show up. Then I am wearing a different hat then they will listen to me at that point because everybody else is listening to me. But once we get home, they are willing to let me know you don't know as much as you think you know, okay? Let's come on the level, okay? But that's just the truth. And I've come to believe the scripture. I don't play with it. I don't preach to my children. That's just the truth. But if they ask a question, I always go, I'm glad you asked. That's another two hours. (laughs) That's when I really talk to them. Everything that I've been storing inside, all is going to come out right now. (laughs) That's what I do with them. I have to find a way to deal with it, okay? Instead of prophet, it's not without honor, it's among his own relatives, relatives, even in his own house. Then he said this. Now he could do no mighty works. They already said before, how is it? Who, where did he get this wisdom? So that mighty works are being done, performed through his hand. They knew about it. And Jesus came into town to do what? Mighty works. But he couldn't. He couldn't. That's, a, that's an incredible thing to think that God came into town and he was powerless to do anything that he really came in to do. He came into town to do the same works. And they acknowledged he's done mighty works. 
other places. But here, he couldn't do it. That means he wanted to, but he couldn't. Many times we say, God can do everything. That's not true. Not on the earth. God cannot force himself on you. He is limited by what you believe and what you accept. If you don't accept it, he's not going to give it to you. He doesn't force himself on anybody. I was talking to a lady today who came to the office to, to, to talk with me. And I, I made it clear to her. I asked her, did Jesus go into all the hospitals to heal the sick over there? Did he go into the leper colonies to free all the lepers and heal all of them? There were leper colonies in his time, weren't they? But he never went. He only ministered to those who came to him. If you are willing and obedient, then you eat of the good of the land. If so, your faith is opposed to what he wants to give to you, he'll still love you, but he can't do anything about it. Your unbelief is standing in the way. <coughs> Excuse me. That's the real problem. Once Jesus has said in his word very clearly, all things are possible to him. If you can only believe, all things are possible. And you know, we all have struggled that way. We'll come into that later. We all have struggled. And your environment also affects you. And those around you affects you. Even though you know the word. It does affect you and what you can do and what you can't do. All of these things are so important. You have to separate these things. You know, there are people in the world today that are raising people from the dead. But they are around people who believe that way. But if somebody dies in, today in America in a church and pastor is saying, let's gather together to raise him, some people will go to the corner and say, don't you think pastor is taking this thing too far? He's been talking this way for a while now. I think something is really wrong. Then they, they walk up to pastor, pastor. I think, and they get and guess what? They get mad. Well, the person is in heaven now; he's doing well. We don't have to bother about that. And so we fight it. Why? Because of our environment. And what we know. And everything we've heard. And the things that we've seen. Pastor, I've been in church for 30 years. And all my 30 years I have not seen anybody raised from the dead. Well, but Jesus said you can. We limit ourselves. And we don't enjoy God's best. Because of unbelief. Because of unbelief. He said he couldn't do it. He couldn't. He only touched a few people. And he said he was amazed at their unbelief. You know what that means? He wasn't expecting it. He wasn't expecting that from his own people. Where he grew up. He was amazed. I don't believe. You know what happened? You know why they were so opposed to that? 
didn't listen to his message. He went into the synagogue to preach on the Sabbath day. You want to know what Jesus was preaching? Read Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's what he was preaching on that day. When, he was, this, when this happened, that's the message Jesus was preaching on that day. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal, to deliver. That's what he was saying. And he sat down and he told them, this scripture is fulfilled right here in your eyes. I mean, they could have all received the mighty works on that day. They turned it down because of unbelief. The word that could have brought them real deliverance offended them. And they got mad. And in one scripture, they actually drove him out of town. They drove him out. They were so mad, they drove him out of town. I'm amazed, you know, when I see people come and then they are preaching a message, they get offended. Immediately, they are offended by what I'm talking about. And you hear it in the church, well, I don't believe in speaking in tongues. I don't believe that. Have you checked the scripture? Have you checked it to see you're going to force God to believe what you believe? And comply with how you feel? You don't know what the scripture says. You haven't taken time to really understand what God said. Well, I don't want to hear that. We don't believe this in our church. Well, I don't believe in this prosperity. And where you are rubbing yourself if you don't search the scriptures yourself. Jesus himself said, search the scriptures. They are written of me because he is the word. When you search the scriptures, you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Search it. It will build that faith and destroy the unbelief in your life. Take the time. Find out why am I struggling in believing God in this area. What's going on here? God help me. I tell you the truth. When you really focus on it, God's going to come through. He's such a good God. He's going to let you know, son, daughter, this is what's going on. That's because you were there. This is the reason. And once you come out of that room, your life changed. I've been in situations where I had to fast for like seven days. But when I came out of that place, everything changed. And there were times where I wanted to fast about something, and it really has to be a problem for you. It's really burdening you. You can't rest. Then go search from God. God, what's going on? He'll reveal himself to you. And I've had times I want to fast for three days minimum, and the first day God came, shared with me, I don't need to fast anymore. Where is the hamburger now? <laughs> but that's just the truth. He is such a good God and really cares a lot about us. And so the more you go into his word, the more you search the scriptures, things go up and down, but you lose the fear. Amen? Fear is still, still the same, but you're not afraid. Because fear is a sign of Unbelief and doubt. Why are you so fearful? Jesus said, where is your faith? You got it? 
Where did you keep it? Why are you so fearful? Where is your faith? Where did you hide it? Why did you allow these things to take the place and put your faith in the corner so you cannot receive from God? He marveled at their own belief. But then he went to other villages where he could be believed. Going in a circuit, doing the same mighty works, and let them alone. We are the ones standing in the, in the way God wants the best for us. And when I'm not enjoying the best, I'm always asking the Lord, what's really going on here? And praying. And I, you know, I see God, he'll be talking to you, consoling you. He's a good, he is the greatest father. Things may not change, but he gives you comfort. He talks to you. And if you say you don't hear his voice, you really need to pray because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And what a sign of it is one is speaking to you, peace. You said nothing has changed, but you got that peace that's guarding you. And you're just content. Even though nothing has changed, you are at peace. And he's reminding you, son, daughter, I'm here for you. Don't worry about it. If God be for you, who can be against you? Everything is going to be okay. He's God. He'll take care of it. So you lose your fear and you don't walk in unbelief. Bible says, be anxious for nothing. It's unbelief. That's the major problem. You know, unbelief can deny you from your promised land. That's what happened to the children of Israel. God was very clear. I'm getting you out of Egypt. I have another better place for you. Many of them could not make it. They couldn't make it. They had different manifestations. You know, when there is unbelief in your life, you still believe, but there is unbelief. We'll come into that. You can have faith and unbelief all dwelling in the same house. I call them unbelieving believers. When there is unbelief in your heart, you will not get to your promised land. Unbelief is what's robbing us of everything that's good. Unbelief. And you see, God has a way of showing us things. Even from the Old Testament, he began to show us. Give them a word. I'm taking you to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. Why couldn't they get in the land for just one reason? Was it Satan? No. Was it Pharaoh? No. Pharaoh was defeated but with the blood back, back there. Remember, when I see the blood, that's the same thing Jesus was crucified. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And after the blood was applied, they were released. Just as we are released, after we believe in the Lord Jesus, and we are in our wilderness with God providing everything that we need, the clouds during the day, the pillar of fire to warm us at night so we don't get cold in the desert, Manna for us to eat and quill, if you like meat. He provides everything. But 
not all of them made it into the promised land, even though the word was spoken to every one of them. Every one of them. Unbelief has a way of manifesting itself in different ways. And we see that in the children of Israel. And that's where you know that there is unbelief operating in your life. When you start doing some of these things that happen to them. Let me read this for you. Hebrews chapter 3 beginning from verse 16. It says, For who have been heard rebelled. So again is the word. When there is unbelief, you will rebel. That's why I go to that scripture, Isaiah 50 verse 4. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not. Because if you are rebellious, you won't come into the promised land. Simple as that. You won't get in. Now, promised land, everyone has a promised land from God for your life. Amen? Everyone has. And it's bigger than you think. It's bigger than you will ever discover on this earth. It's so big, if God opens his mind to let you see, crystal ball, right? What's supposed to, you probably won't sleep well at night. Because this is God, how is that going to happen? But it's the truth. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It says, they rebelled. Indeed. Was it not all who came out of Egypt? It was all of them. Led by Moses, who is a type of Jesus. And yet, they were able to rebel. It says, now, verse 17, with whom was he angry 40 years? That's an amazing thing. These are people that have been delivered from the land of bondage into a bit. God was mad at them all that time. For 40 years he was mad, but he tolerated them. <laughs> For 40 years, trying to still help these people to get into the promised land. They get to the edge, and then they go around again one year, and then back out again, and again, they could never learn. They couldn't. They were out of Egypt, but Egypt was still in them. For some reason, they thought Egypt was a better place. <laughs> he was angry for 40 years. Was it not with those who sinned? That's another manifestation. Whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear... That they would not enter his rest. That's important. But to those who did not obey, why did they not obey? They didn't hear. He didn't open their ears. So they were not obedient. What's the conclusion? All of this. It says, so we see. He's going to tell you why everything will send. So we see that they could not enter in because of what? Everything we've been talking about, it was because of unbelief. It was unbelief that robbed them. They couldn't enter because of unbelief. 
That's why they couldn't enter. And many times, be careful what comes out of your mouth. Because he's listening. Especially when it goes against his word. Be careful. Sometimes Christians get so wound up and they just, ah, and they come out real strong. And even though they know, yes, I know the Bible says that, but, well, your butt is in the way. And it's not going to be good for you. I believe all of this is but. But. And you hear that from Christians constantly. And they get so upset. They know it's there. That's the amazing thing. I know the Bible says this. And then they go with the word but. Why that? If I'm not there yet, God help me to get to that level. That's what you need to do. Because once you, especially when you're angry, guess what? That's rebellion. And the reason for it is because of unbelief. I like the guy who said, help my unbelief. He was on his way. That's what you should be saying, not come so aggressively against it. Well, I don't want this. And we're going to talk about why people do that. Why people come so strongly against what they know and can read in the scriptures so that we can know how to avoid these pitfalls so that God can help us believe. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And yet the same word will cause people to rebel and be angry and walk into unbelief. That's an amazing thing. You know why? It's a double-edged sword. Cut both ways. Cut both ways. I would rather you don't say anything than for you to say it from your mouth because he hears it. He listens. Remember what the scripture says? Every idle word that a man shall speak He'll give a kind of it on the day of judgment. Well, God, it was an idle word. I didn't mean it. Yes. Your life is tied to it. And you're going to give an account for it. Because it was idle to you, but not to God. He wasn't. It's better you not speak. You know the song that says, let my words be few. You can talk to people as much, but when it comes to God, when it says to come to his presence, Make sure your words are few. You can say a lot if it has to do with faith. But if it's coming against this word, you don't want to go there. Because God said, everything that I've heard from in my ears that you've been speaking, that's exactly what I'm going to give to you. They couldn't get in the land. They said, we are not able to. And God said, that's right. You are not able to. You die in the wilderness. And they said it. You, kept, you brought us here to die in the wilderness. Remember that? Well, they died in the wilderness. And the reason why they said all of those things is because of unbelief. They couldn't believe. When Caleb and Joshua said, well, these guys are bread for us. Those giants, God's giving us for lunch. We can take them on. And they went in. And God preserved them. Caleb said, I'm not 80 years. I'm as strong as I was when I was 40. Because God, faith in God 
kept his strength. And they shall renew their strength. And there you go. That's just the truth. That's just the truth. If we can stay away from unbelief. What is it in your life tonight that you're struggling with with regards to unbelief? Don't limit God. It's plural. I, I, I'm going to be closing right now. We'll go back to this message. But I told myself, and I've said it here, once you become a Christian, God has given you a privilege for a lifetime of discovery. A world of discovery. You can never search it all out. He's so deep. He's so high. The width, we can't get around it. He's so huge. There's so much to know about this God. And so I'm going to let my mind go and believe God so that all these things can happen. I cry out to God constantly. I want the best. At the best. I'm not talking about material things. I want to reach the world. I said, God, make my life count for the blood of your son. Please. Don't let me die with my life not counting and making something productive for your kingdom, for the blood of your son. He died for me. I want that to mean something in my life. Don't let me pass from this world with my life not contributing and adding to what the blood was shed for. That's what's important for me. I got to reach somebody. Amen? Make my life count for the kingdom. That's important to me. And I pray that that's your prayer as well. It's not just about church. Let my life count for something. I'm willing to go wherever. Please help me. I believe what you've called me to do. I accept it. Yes, there may be all kinds of things coming my way. Some of it, some of it, a good number of it, not pleasant. But I welcome what you've called me to do and I'm happy. I'm very happy. Thank you for the privilege to be a part of what you're doing on the earth. And that's for every one of us. That's for every one of us. We got to believe this God. We insult him when we can't believe him. We tie his hands. And he is frustrated because we can't believe him. And that's what he did with that man. When he started talking to him, he said, when, how long has this been since your son was having it? He already knew. But the man had seen what the disciples were doing, trying to cast out the demon. He came in with a lot of faith. He went to the disciples because we're coming to that. He knew they could. Now he saw they were struggling and his faith had gone off the window. And so Jesus had to address that and started talking to him. How long did this this mean? And the man said, and he says, he got to the place where he says, if you can do anything. Jesus said, if I can do anything, it's your problem. It's not my problem. If you can believe all things. And he yelled, I believe, Lord, I believe. And please help my unbelief. So you can have believing and unbelief. And he was moving from unbelief to believing. And Jesus helped him. And immediately turned to the son. And healed him. Could you tell the Lord today what is that thing in your life? And say, God, I believe. Please help me. I'm going to believe. 
And if you don't have the answer, ask him, what's the problem here, God? What's going on? He could be God saying, wait. Okay? The time is not yet. He always has an appointed time. But once he gives you that answer, he puts you in perfect peace. And locks you up in peace. And then you enter into his rest. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, his word. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am meek and lonely at heart. And you will find rest for your soul. Amen? How many need rest this, morning, this evening? Stand up with me tonight. I believe the Lord has spoken to you tonight. We praise God. And I believe that the word is already at work in your life. Because the Bible is very clear. The word of God is the incorruptible seed. What you heard tonight, even though you don't remember it, is gone into your spirit. If you didn't want to hear it, it's too late. It's already in your spirit. And it's already working there. Producing faith in you. Amen? Amen. If you need anything, I'm going to be up here. Pastor Andy, some of our pastors will pray for you and believe with you. Amen? Let's lift our hands up to our God tonight. And all you have to tell him is which is the thing that really honors him. Tell him you believe. I believe. Tell him you believe. You believe. Some people say, I believe from cover to cover. What they mean is, I only believe the cover. I'm not sure about what's inside there. But that's not you tonight. You believe. And God is at work. Doing mighty works in your life right now. Holy Spirit, do that mighty work. Those mighty works in the life of your people. Transforming them, oh God. Because you're there. You're there with them. And your word has said, if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Now let me tell you this. Every time you pray, he answers. That's what I believe. When I pray with somebody, I already believe that God has answered that. My mind works up. I can work it out. That's behind. Move on to something else. But every time you pray, he's hearing you. The answer may be, son, daughter, wait. It's, it's already working out everything for your good. Just relax. There is an appointed time. There is a day for your showing. Just like with John the Baptist. There is a day for your manifestation. And then he will, all, like he says with John the Baptist, a day of your revealing. That day is on its way. Amen. God bless you. We dismiss. I'm going to be up here praying for you if you need prayer.